He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the episode. Save the episode. Let's try one more time, right? God, I hope somebody saves this okay. episode. He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode 20. Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> oh, I forgot we're supposed to say that at the same time. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> So this is my pick because I <laughs> because love Lee. this movie. I'm not saying it's our favorite movie we've done on this. I still really like, uh, well, probably I have to say Hand Down Cloudy. The Chesapeake Falls is maybe my favorite movie out of every movie we've done. It's a very good movie. Uh, and of course, I really like Sky Captain. And I like all those. But this one, to me, it, it's very bizarre, but it's much better than it has any right to be. And that's what I love about it. <laughs> I think it's a very good example of a movie in its genre. Right. Um, so, I mean, I personally, I'm not a, a huge fan of, you know, schlocky horror movies, right. but this is a pretty entertaining one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sorry that I watched it. <laughs> There's a ringing endorsement for <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason. I think it's an entertaining, smart movie. I think it's got a lot of cool things. It's one of those movies that when I saw it, I was like, well, that's going to be dumb. But you could tell that they really thought it through. And, and uh, you know, a lot of it's just good direction. And, and I think the actors, I think, are all good. But all of them went on to do other things. Uh, Jason Ritter's in this. A lot of them, and most of you recognize, a lot of them, like, even supporting minor characters who went on to other things. So I don't think that's a coincidence. The girl from Dustin's Child. Kelly Rowland, yes, right, that's right. Even that one that one fat guy who gets killed at the, at the machete at the rave, I recognize him. He's a character actor. You've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, he went on to I do some stuff. Him, but... but I'm like, so it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty common. I mean, that's a good sign that these sure. are actors that are easy to work with that actually have talent. Yeah. Or at least, you know. Some of it possibly, based on Freddy versus Jason. That, you never know. They might have learned something. They might have talked to Robert England and he was like, let me tell you something about craft kids. <laughs> Gather around, old Uncle Robert. It's not enough to know why you kill. You have to kill with your heart. You have to get in Freddy's head the way Freddy gets into your That's... head. <laughs> so I, I think the way I would recommend this movie is if you want to be pleasantly surprised by something. I agree. Um, this would be a good one to, to pick up. I agree. I think this movie... It's certainly not going to change your life. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Um, but I think if you go in with an honest assessment, you'll realize that it's a, it's, it's a much stronger effort than it could have been. You know, it could have been like a cash-in. And I feel like somebody... Like, I, I used to have this on DVD, and it had all the uh, extras. And in the extras, they talk about how... New Line Cinema finally decided they had the rights to both these characters and were going to do it. They, they went out of the way to find screenwriters who wanted to write this story. They went out of the way to find a director who wanted to do this story. And I mean, the fact that they even went out of the way and I think cast like likable, good actors who went on to do other things. There's, a, there's an, a sheen of quality on this. You would think it doesn't deserve except that that's what matters. If you've got good people doing good work, it shows. Right. Yeah, you definitely see it in this movie. And you compared it earlier to uh, Killer Clowns. Right. I thought it was pretty apt. Right. Because they, they do seem to, <laughs> none, none of the scenes in here, well, a couple of scenes, but most of the scenes in here are not throwaways. Yes. They, they actually have a decent story and it, it all, they have the pieces of a movie. Right. And they're taking their the direction and the writing and the. And they're, they're taking the their ridiculous mythology seriously. <laughs> like Killer Clowns did that too. You know, they're clowns. <laughs> <laughs> But it took it seriously, and I think that's what this one does too. Is it really doesn't treat it doesn't it, it doesn't throw them away. It, it treats Freddie and Jason like they're real established characters, you know. And it 
it plays with them, and it, and it, and and it, it their their personality is on full. I mean, they carry this movie, but it's really well established. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, but the, the characters are consistent. Yes, right? even they, they, they make logical sense within their right within their universe. Well, and you think about it, like Jason is such like a non character in essence <laughs> because that's what he is. He's just become this sort of he's this implacable killing machine. He's a zombie with machete. Right. He's this like this just quiet, unkillable killing machine, and yet. That put that against Jay, Freddy, who's who's still. I mean, he's he's still a killer monster too, but he's got personality. He's got goals. Outside in the real world, he's completely different because he's lost a lot of his powers. And it's just you see them like you never see. Jason might be surprised by something, but he's never scared. <laughs> and there's a couple of shots of this where like I like where or, where Jason. I mean, Freddy's scared because he realizes this is more. There's he's aware enough <laughs> to know things. Right, Jason's a zombie killer. Yeah, and Freddy's more of like a psychopath who with magical got powers. Supernatural powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is why so he cares about his own existence. <laughs> which is why that in this movie, Jason's the good guy, basically. <laughs> because because Jason, if you just stay at a Crystal Lake, you're cool. <laughs> Whereas Jay, Freddy, he's gonna find you and kill you. You can't. You didn't do anything to piss him off. Right. You didn't walk in the wrong place. You just happened to have a dream. And Freddy is the motivation for the yeah the plot uh-huh. <laughs> because um, the the town has effectively shut him out of of most people's memories. Right. <laughs> and he wants to um, you know spread the good word of Freddy. <laughs> is that thing that we talking about like Jason? How do you kill an idea that especially doesn't want to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie, anything to go by, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> And because they did a good job, they had like four years. They said of solid work. If if Freddie hadn't cheated, they would have done it. Freddie's always playing the oh. game of the system. <laughs> so, what was your favorite thing about the movie? My favorite thing of this is I I love the the mythos and the way they made it work together and the way they make the characters interact. You know, you, you th- the supernatural slasher thing is so difficult to make work in some degree. And yet, by accident, both Freddy and, and Jason have developed these sort of mythologies around them. Even the more movies you do. And and I love that they actually incorporate that entirely into this story. Right. There's not a lot in the extended universe. There's not. <laughs> but but it's there. There's some things. <laughs> like, like, you know, after a couple of movies, they've established certain aspects of Freddy and Jason. And they, they don't shy away from those. And and I, I, I love that aspect of it. That and It's just like there's um, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which was only on for two seasons, but... Scooby-Doo update. And I, I know you're laughing, but to say it's an update of the mythos that's somehow new and true to the original is really difficult to... It's really hard to explain. And it works really great in that. This is like that, where it's just like... I remember when I watched this movie, and at first they started... Because I, I didn't know that much. I was like, okay. But when they start like that, even at the beginning where they explain that like Freddy wakes up Jason because Jason can never really die. He's just asleep. And I'm like, oh, that's how he accessed him in the dream. And woke him up. It's like that right there shows they thought about it more than just Jason wanders into Springwood and just starts killing people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a logic and a consistency to, yes. to everything in the plot. Most things in the plot. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> as much as things, you know, certainly. The Scooby Doo thing sounds a lot like Cloudy, where it, it's hard to describe to people. <laughs> yes. Um, and a lot of it's in, you know, the execution. It is. It is because uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated really has like a very weird thing where you start watching it and you realize it ties together with the Scooby-Doo idea. Oh, it's just it's just bizarre. But it's the same <laughs> way. It's like, you're right, Cloudy or Killer Clowns or this movie. It's kind of like, I wish I could explain to you 
<laughs> but it's like until you see it in action, it's really hard to describe. What was your favorite thing? Uh, I actually like that the plot is a little bit complex. Yes. Uh, which is not something you normally see in, in like a slasher movie or the, the blood bucket horror movie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so there's, I think what really makes this movie is that there is this overriding story of uh, Freddie and Jason clashing. <laughs> yes. Because uh, otherwise it'd be a very typical kind of. Yeah. A, a bunch of people die. Yeah. Well, because that's a sort of slasher thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting, like, I'm thinking about, like, the story arc here, and if you take, if you take your Freddy and Jason as the central characters, really, like, the teens are not, they're the important characters, because otherwise it's just Freddy and Jason just fighting, killing people. But you can almost see, like, ups and downs, like, like, Freddy is down, then he rises in the story until he gets kind of what he wants, and then he loses it, which really makes him angry. And it's kind of interesting to see that idea about like ups and downs of a character story <laughs> arc, which makes the story interesting. Yeah, it's kind of, especially Freddie, he really does have a lot of ups and downs. This He's having a hell of a week. <laughs> Quite the roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> There's even a, a side thread here with um, kind of the legacy of Freddie's effect on this town. Yeah. Um, where, I mean, some kids are in a mental institution and the, the one kid thinks this guy killed his wife. It's just... Um, it's it's the scars of right existing on Elm Street, which would make sense. I mean, yeah, they've been victims of this dream killer, which is another sign that you know somebody really yeah put some thought into this script. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. Uh, my least favorite thing, uh, I think the the most egregious part of this movie is probably the opening monologue where yes. Freddie's t- describing. <laughs> He's kind of ruining a doing. couple of surprises that they don't need to. Yeah, um, if they'd taken that out of the movie. Um, you naturally would have. We talked about this before about like so many movies, fantasy movies. They just do that at the beginning, yeah, where they just spell everything out. Like you're speculating that some producer. This is the artifact of. I, th- producer I think it is. Or or you know other things they might have actually done too is I I sometimes when you show it to a test audience, a test audience, there's always going to be like the people who are just like I wish I'd known more. Really interesting because even as a writer, one of my instincts uh, when I teach people writing in a little bit um, is instinct people give them feedback when they're starting out is they always want you to explain everything and like so somebody will write something really good and it has just a little tease of mystery you get the character and something going on and somebody inevitably will say like well I want to know more like why why is this happening why is that happening and you're and the answer I'm always trying teaching you is no you don't it'll come along it's okay you can have patience or maybe it won't, and that's still not a terrible thing. Right, and it may not be relevant too. And uh, and I so it's a it's an urge to overexplain that I think this one is a simple monologue. It doesn't go on too long. It works yeah. fine. It doesn't ruin surprises too badly in this movie. But it also you can see there's scenes that later on don't need to be written where the characters are realizing stuff that we already realize. And you can tell it's because in the first draft it's like, well, they're really I think with us. <laughs> <laughs> what was your worst thing? Uh, my worst thing is I don't like the way Kelly Rowland gets killed in this movie. <laughs> I know that she's going to get killed. I have this thing that I don't like in, in slasher movies is generally where everybody but like the main character and the boyfriend or the girlfriend live. I feel like that's kind of lazy and it also makes me not invest in it. That's one of the reasons I love Tremors is Tremors is there's a town full of people and really only a handful are killed. Yeah. And so you can kind of invest in that. That's why I like Deep Blue Sea, although again, Deep Blue Sea only did that by accident. Oh, that's what I was actually going to mention, Deep Blue Sea, okay. um, because they also that also involved a focus group. Yes, in right? a good way. So you kind of have to know where to draw the line here. Right. Good can come out of the focus group yes. versus uh, what just is dumb people saying stuff. Well, and you know, it's a, well, it's a fine line because I don't think sometimes explanation is necessary. Sometimes if you hold back too for much information, 
you're making things more annoying. I feel like that was one of the missteps in um, the John Carter of Mars movie. Like now in the books, there's nothing about it. He doesn't have a family or anything like that. But in the in the movie, he spends like the first 30 minutes of that movie at least being kind of a sourpuss and not wanting to do anything. And then you find out like that point, it's like, oh, his family died and it, it broke him. Well, it's too late. I already don't like the guy as much. And so you've made it. And, and they talk about that with uh, Pixar, the original, and the guy who directed Up, I think I may be wrong directed John Carter Mars and the original draft for Up was you didn't know why Frederick uh, Mr. Fredrickson was in such a bad mood but I'm like it's really important you know at the beginning because then when he's an unpleasant person you know what he's wrestling with so I think sometimes you need to explain and sometimes you don't and I think it's that fine line between the two but in this case I don't think it's necessary so basically sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't that's true of everything right I mean that's the hardest part about life is you can't just say one thing all the time so yeah it, anyway, it didn't it didn't seem to work very well in this movie. <laughs> it's just completely unnecessary. <laughs> so that's it. I recommend watching this movie. <laughs> Here's the thing about this movie, though. I will do the disclaimer. It is very, very bloody. <laughs> very, very bloody. In particular, of course, when you have two immortal serial killers chopping the hell out of each other. There's a lot of blood. Um, I think you know what you're getting into. If that bothers you... Give me some nudity. Give me a lot of violence. Yes, there's not a lot of nudity in this. There's just a little bit. But uh, there's definitely... Like, to me, that's a plus. When you have Jason sure? and Freddy fight, if it's not bloody, I don't know why I'm there. <laughs> sure, they're not going to slap fight. Right. Like, this, is, this cannot be like, uh, you know... Gosh, look out! <laughs> um, but other, other than that, I think it's a good movie. It's a smart movie. It's a fun movie. It's, the things I really want that to pay off in this movie pay off in this movie. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day... Got your jollies. One of my complaints about the, the Godzilla, the the one with Brian Cranston, is I felt like, you know, I'm willing to overlook a lot. It's kind of slow. It's kind of dull. Whatever. But when we finally get to the monster and the monster fights are not that interesting... Yeah, I want a story that's good. I think this has a good story, but I also... I'm willing to overlook a lot if it's interesting. But if it's not interesting, I'm not going to overlook it a lot. And I feel like, like that, that Godzilla movie, just I was so bored and angered by it because I'm like, I'm not interested in your story because it's not that good and your monster stuff is boring. Whereas like recently I saw Kong, Skull Island. Now I think that's got a decent story, but the story story is real simple. It's like, oh, there's Travis Island trying to get to this place. When Kong kicks monster butt or when they have monster encounters, it's awesome because that's why I'm there. Yeah. No, it's it's um, it's part of the genre, right? right. You expect certain things. <laughs> and what you expect from Freddy versus Jason. There better be some Freddy versus Jasoning. Limbs getting cut off. <laughs> right. Blood spraying on everything, really. <laughs> right. And it better be like, you know, I don't want to see like a two-minute fight where it's just like Jason and Freddy like poke each other and then one of them falls over dead. <laughs> This is your build-up your movie. It's why one of my least favorite Godzilla movies is Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. It's the Sea Monster is like a giant crab, and it shows up at the end, and Godzilla kills it in like five minutes. And I'm just like, it's very disappointing. So we got the wheel of metaphors. Okay, have we updated it? Uh, I think so. I see Cookie Puss on here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still looking all fun. Yeah, we might have to update it soon. Send in your suggestions for the wheel of metaphors. <laughs> What is it? The Byzantine Sasanian War of 602 through 628. Well, clearly, <laughs> Freddy is the Byzantine Empire. Clearly. <laughs> Jason is such a Sasanian. It's just so obvious. You know, I mean, I think that when they wrote this, they had that in mind. You know, Byzantines drive like this. 
it is drive like this. <laughs> well, you know, like I'm pretty sure that the upcoming Godzilla vs. King Kong is all about the Peloponnesian War. So. <laughs> oh no, I spun it again. Oh no, no, you spun it again. <laughs> I'll just ignore that. Are you looking up the Byzantine? <laughs> I think I have to. <laughs> oh, here it is. Hey, there. I like that it came up. This is probably how I found it the first time. That's right. <laughs> Emperor Maurice. <laughs> That sounds made up. 602, Mur- Maurice was murdered by his political rival, Focus. <laughs> or or Focus. <laughs> you know, the thing that you realize, when you realize about world history, is how many wars you have no idea about. Yeah. How many empires crumbled and fell. Oh, yeah. Economic depressions. Yeah. Famines. Yeah. You're just like, what happened to the, the, <laughs> the Byzantine Empire? Well, they got into a war. Mm, all right. We'll, we'll skip to the end here. By the end the conflict, both sides have exhausted their human and material resources. Done, right. done. <laughs> Consequently, they were vulnerable to the sudden emergence of the Islamic Rashidun Caliphate, which basically is the, Lori, the protagonist girl. Which he chops his head off. <laughs> whose forces invaded both empires only a few years after the war. Uh, pretty much. Done. That Versus metaphors itself. Two, two empires exhaust themselves <laughs> until they're overcome. <laughs> By the other empire. Yeah. There you go. That fits. That fits. That fits. You learned something. Today. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Was it Sasanian? I like that. Sasanian. Which is the Sasanian Empire of Persia. I always love Persia. It's a great name. Persia. <laughs> Sounds very luxurious. You know, and I always feel like, you know, like kind of racist that I picture it like as this exotic land because it's just a land. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, we gotta the market, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, follow us on Twitter. It's at Save the Movies. If you want to find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Save the Movies. You want to go to our website? It's Save the Movies.com. If you want to visit Lee's blog, it's AileeMartinez.com. Follow me on Twitter at Ailey Martinez. My uh, fan club fan page on Facebook is uh, Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse. Neat. There you go. I learned something today. <laughs> I've said that before. You just oh, zone out. You just zone out when I'm talking. <laughs> no. What? What happened to us, Scott? <laughs> I feel like we're about to do uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Starts <laughs> out all jokey. And then about halfway through, our dark sides come out. 20 episodes was a good run. Mm-hmm. Should it, of course, appropriate we end on Freddy versus Jason. It's Scott versus Lee. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of blood. <laughs> Manipulator versus uh, zombie man. <laughs> if you'd like to watch the movie. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> we won't stop you. Go ahead. It's high, I highly recommend it. Do it. It's a lot of fun. Do it now. It's got a lot of energy. And uh, it's just a good movie. It's charming. It's got a moderate amount of tatas. Yes, and it does have a moderate amount of tatas. It's got some good-looking women in it. and uh, Some, one some good, attractive people. Yes, some, which is good, but yes, yes. Some attractive what more people. can you ask for from one hey. Okay. All right, we're back. So we open up on the uh, my 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 favorite part where it shows the care they take. When they open up with the, it has Freddy jingle and then it ends in the in the Jason. Yeah, and I think that right there shows that it's like they combine the two and like in a seamless blend. By the way, somebody gets credit for that. 
<laughs> like on the at the end credits, we saw that somebody wrote that and still gets credit for that to this day. It's copyrighted, man. Mm-hmm. Did you write anything I've heard of? Oh yeah, you've heard of. <laughs> yeah, they didn't go overboard with it. There's just some red light behind the the um, yeah studio logo. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's subtle. It's like it. They didn't. It shows to me that even though this is not really what I consider a subtle movie, it has moments of subtlety. It was just like they just did it. They didn't like wink the camera. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's one of the things I do like about this movie. I don't feel like there's a lot of winking at the camera. Right. It'd be really to do, you know, like you say, like you say, it's like a, a schlocky movie. The reason I would hesitate to call it schlocky is it's all just labels, but schlocky to me implies it's like Sharknado, where Sharknado kind of sits there and goes like, "Huh? Pretty goofy, huh? <laughs> Pretty goofy, huh?" And and that always kind of irritates me. Whereas this one, certainly, it's goofy. But you don't see, I don't usually see, with rare exception, is somebody going like, huh, pretty goofy, huh? That's fair. Right. Uh, when I, when I know I what you mean. That, I know what you I'm mean. thinking of the horror tropes, right? right. Yes. Somebody's head gets cut off and blood just comes fountaining yes, out. Yes, right. <laughs> somebody gets their cut head cut off and somehow there's no blood until their head falls off. <laughs> somebody stands there for a second and then splits in half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, the physics the of the Looney Tunes slasher movie. I don't know how real. I, but you know, I've never had to be. I've never had to be slashed by a supernatural monster before. So maybe it works <laughs> a lot better. Maybe our problem is we only think of regular slashers. <laughs> We're limited by our environment. <laughs> I hate mundane serial killers. Was it? Was it uh, the worst? <laughs> I think the worst. I don't want to be. I do enjoy Jason versus Freddy. <laughs> But for the record, I am anti-slasher serial killers. You don't want to be murdered? No, I, but I also I was thinking about, like, uh, was it uh, Hot Fuzz where he's talking all those questions? Is it true there's a place you can shoot a man's head where it'll explode? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And this is where you talk about the unnecessary monologue. Right. And you can tell because there's the scene of the, the, the girl, you know, stripping and skinny dipping. Which is completely its own shot. And then they just have that shot of Freddy's face close up where he's talking about stuff. Yeah, and he's basically spelling things out. You could tell that completely. You could just take that out completely. It doesn't add anything. Right. That's Freddy, like Freddy all are already monologues a lot right. in this movie. You don't need that extra bit. Right. And and especially because I like the idea that like this scene to me opens up. It's like at first you're like there's this woman skinny dipping. And you're always like, why would you skinny dip at Crystal Camp Crystal Lake? <laughs> And then he kills her, and you find out he's not really killing her. He's just living this this dream out. So it's like, oh, well, there you go. It's 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 his dream. Yeah, uh, nobody goes to Crystal Lake anymore. Right. Which I do like when we see Crystal Lake. There's nobody there. Yeah. It is a deserted place. Fool me once, shame on you. Right. Fool me five times, maybe uh, shame on me. <laughs> I do. I do like the idea that it looks like they're starting to maybe build it up again. <laughs> and I love the idea because when we see Freddy adjacent this first time, he's like when when Freddy basically says, "You're asleep, and I'm waking you up." He's a desiccated corpse that, yeah. like, regenerates. <laughs> and I love that idea that, like, if Freddy hadn't done that, that they would have, like, waited another couple of years, built it up, and been like, oh, there's no problem. There's no way that guy's coming back. Right. And then some teen comes along and spills some blood or something. Kicks a rock into the... Never kick a rock into the lake. <laughs> anyway, um, I, that makes sense on its own, I guess, right? Because nobody's going to believe that there's this killer around who, who dies over and over again but keeps coming back <laughs> well there's a, a comic uh, called hack slash i think and in it the whole premise is there's this girl and in this world they have slashers which are sort of supernatural serial killers and it's just an accepted thing and in fact she even had like crossovers i think with like chucky and stuff like <laughs> that but i've never read a lot of it but i've had enjoyed it in fact one of her partners is basically sort of a, a slasher kind of creature 
But I just love the idea that it's like, and this is an alternate universe, kind of like superhero universe. I feel like slasher universe is like that too, where people bit. kind of just accept a certain amount. You, well, you're going to lose a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we open up the camp. We make money for a few years. Somebody gets killed in the off season. We close it up for a while. <laughs> That's just the cost of doing business. They've got a risk profile on the wall. Risk, risk. <laughs> Look, it takes it takes Jason anywhere from seven to eight years to regenerate. <laughs> That's what I feel like. We got this land so cheap. <laughs> and so, you know, you just sold me on this. I would totally buy it. Kind of like buying Toxic Land, you know. Someone's like, "It's yeah. so cheap. We'll just, we'll just cover that up with dirt." <laughs> no problem. And Capitalism. The, <laughs> I mean, there's all the scream rules, right? The the scream in the movie, yeah, explicitly states. But we're we all know they're horror movie tropes. Yeah, the girl having sex is gonna die. Yes, the skinny dipping girl's gonna, gonna die. Gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that this one even opens up with the idea of the skinny dipping girl because that's such a not just in a horror movie like slasher movie, it's such a trope for like the couple. Let's go, let's go out here. Oh, we shouldn't be on this. They say it's cursed. Ah, whatever you know, done. <laughs> and your whole cursed. job is just to die. You know, for for the moment. And I love that in this case it's that trope, but it actually is the story because it's that moment where Jason's being woke up. So it's like it plays with that trope about like oh, it's just the the girl that's not important. It turns out she is important because she's she's ready waking up Jason. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do play with it a little bit. Yeah, most mostly they're pretty loyal to the the horror rules. It shows that you can still follow them and still create an interesting story. You don't have to subvert. Um, you just have to do them well. And they, I mean, they're doing a little bit more with them. They're not just following them, but they're they're using them. And I, I think that shows writers put too much pressure on themselves to be original or to subvert when really all you got to do is just do it with smart intent. And there's a lot of smart intent I think in this movie. I think there's a lot to be said for creating with a set of constraints. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that can be actually very useful because yeah. it, it gives you certain areas you can expand in, certain areas that right. you don't have to worry about <laughs> reinventing. Right. Like, I love that, like, the constraint here is, like, it could have been really easy to make, like, Jason either smarter or somehow, like, he's sort of sympathetic in the sense that, you know, he's sort of a wounded boy monster. Right. But he's still a monster. <laughs> and I think that's really important. Right. They didn't make him super fast. No. Yeah. They didn't. He, he doesn't know Kung Fu now. He doesn't have super dream powers in the dream world. <laughs> Right, he's just as helpful to as everybody else. Well, except for the fact that, you know. To a degree. <laughs> yeah, to a degree. So I love that. And then, you're right, when we meet the teens and they cut to Springwood, because they cut to that, you meet the teens. And it's the typical thing. There's the three girls and you're meeting them and they're just slumber party doing some silly stuff. <laughs> Although I love, again, that they even make fun of it. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, Kia slash Kelly Rowland is just like, this is all we're doing? <laughs> And the guys show up. The guys show up. And again, I, I got to give credit. I don't know these, this, this douchebag actor. <laughs> I want to either hope that he, I, I want to give him credit for being a really good actor and not a douchebag. <laughs> because he's either a really good actor or just such a naturally a douchebag. <laughs> is he playing Five himself? minutes of screen time and all this. He is great on this. He's one of the more memorable, memorable he, it's, characters. It's great. It, it's like, it's solid. And I love the, uh, and again, they give you the backstory about like her ex-boyfriend and how she's kind of hung up on him and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But it's done. It's well. It's done well. And I and I love the... Uh, Is her ex-boyfriend the guy in the mental institution? Yeah. And, uh, and I just love the... Uh, well, first of all, they had that cool part where a uh, frat boy guy, who's not quite a douchebag, goes in the kitchen and the back door's open. Still kind of a douchebag. He's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> but come on, he's next to the other guy. <laughs> Sure. Like he's trying to hit. He's trying to hit on on on. Uh, yeah, it's like a Lori. flashlight next to the sun. <laughs> he's trying to hit on Lori, and yeah, he's not doing a great job, but he's trying. <laughs> yeah. Douchebag guy is like, hey man, I got a kink in my neck. <laughs> Come on, babe. <laughs> it's a 
Don't it, make me say it twice. Oh my god, if you could just summarize a character in one line. I was gonna say that he feels like a darla nipple. <laughs> Clearly they're not the same kind of evil. He feels like a Dollar Dimple, except here's the theory I have. Dollar Dimple is everyone kinda kinda likes Dollar Dimple. Whereas this guy, to be fair, only the his girlfriend kinda likes him. And even she doesn't really like him. You know, because they're like, Why are you with him? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. He's got a cute butt. You know. Whatever it is, he really nailed the douchebag. Oh, hundred percent. I'd like to believe in my mind he's a really nice guy. I hope he is. <laughs> Then he came in for the audition, and they were just like, he's like, all right, hey, I'm auditioning for Douchebag. Um, okay, all right. Uh, uh, so my motivation is... <laughs> turns motivation, around. Yeah, he turns around. Hands come over the face. Hands come over the face. Uh. Don't make... They're like, I don't know if this guy could sell it. And he's like, hey, babe, don't make me out of you twice. They're like, done! <laughs> <laughs> now can you slap the drink out of my hand? <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> The uh, stealthy Jason. I love that this hulking brute stealthily snuck into the house. But, of course, he's Jason, so it, right. he's got rules. Yeah, he can cheat. He always does that. Right. And, as uh, far as I know. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's well, I mean, he's, he's a supernatural character, too. He's not supernatural like Freddy, but he's still supernatural. Well, as, as far as I can remember, other Jason movies, yeah, there's, you know, a window open or somewhere. Yeah. And he just shows up behind right. somebody. <laughs> Right, because otherwise it, he's constantly clomping around. Clomp, right. clomp, They don't see him like coming down the street. <laughs> oh, what's up with this guy? What's up with this guy? <laughs> he's clomping homeless? through the woods. He's clomping <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> Kids, don't go over there. That's just Jason. They um, really can't do that until he's killed somebody. Because <laughs> there are scenes where he's just clomping towards somebody. Yeah. And so... Uh, this is where she goes, and we get some we get some tatas, which tatas. I will say there's some impressive tatas in this movie. Some good looking tatas. There's some good looking and just some good looking ladies. Um, but yeah, she's taking her shower after the sex. And I love again, <laughs> baby. I told you not to touch me after sex. <laughs> oh my god! So clearly, the, the douchebag's gonna die he, very soon. And he goes because <laughs> these are the rules. <laughs> oh, he goes bad. <laughs> like the stabbing? Okay, that's kind of rough. But like when Jason like spins him in half, I didn't expect that. Oh, he takes the whole bed. Yes, and just, <laughs> just crushes him. Crushes it like a can. Oh my god! And then and then she comes out of the shower, and I this is this is the scene I like where she comes out of the shower, and of course she, they're all freaking out, and they show them running down, <laughs> and the cop pulls up, and he just like. Well, lowers his window and is like, you kids need some help? And I love the one girl, what do you fucking think? <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it too much, but they have to kill the douchebag first, I think, because you get visceral satisfaction out of seeing that guy die. Right, right. Well, you start off with the... It really kind of pulls you into the pace of the movie. Right. Well, and you start off, well, and he's also the most disposable character. Right, and it because also you makes you, <laughs> and it also makes you like, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's the rule, you know, you kill off the jerks first, and then, and then when you run out of jerks, you start killing other people. Well, we said earlier, you kind of worked your way up the douchebag ladder. <laughs> We're down the slippery douchebag slope, right? And, uh, the slippery slope. <laughs> you ever think Jason and Freddie are like? Jason's like, what am I doing? I mean, I just started out killing a few bad counselors, and now, <laughs> now I just kill counselors. I don't even know anything about these guys. They seem like they're responsible. <laughs> My heart's just not in it anymore. You know, maybe I should go back to technical school. (laughs) 
Jason Seven. Jason takes a sabbatical. <laughs> he goes Killed to somebody. some other lake and rediscovers his passion for killing. That's right. At the end of the movie, <laughs> and then you see some kids, some kid drowns, and some counselors are being irresponsible, and he's just like, "That's why I do this." <laughs> I forgot. It's about the counselors. <laughs> Jason uh, goes on a journey of self-discovery. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Refines his hatred of humanity. Like it's like Hot Shots Part Two, <laughs> where he just rediscovers his love of war. <laughs> so this is where we start getting the conspiracy. The, the the sheriff's like, okay, separate all the kids. Don't have them talk to each other. We know what's making this going on. <laughs> And I love the idea too that, like, because it comes up later in this story that they never, they they never really suspect Jason. The authorities never really suspect Jason because they're so convinced it's Freddy. <laughs> right, for good reason. <laughs> right, because Jason's not in their wheelhouse. He doesn't show up. Had <laughs> what, like, seven incidents where <laughs> they've Freddy's had like just murdered. Yeah, they've had Freddy people. <laughs> right, but they have not had to deal with a Jason problem before. <laughs> It'd be like if Freddy showed up at. Cap Crystal Lake, you'd be like, no, no, it was Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you mean he died in his sleep? <laughs> nah. I'm sure pretty sure it's That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Are you high? <laughs> so I wrote down here, uh, Stubbs get snubbed. <laughs> uh, because Officer Stubbs, the, the new policeman in town, <laughs> is not in the know on the... That's right. <laughs> the Freddy mythology. That's right. They're trying to keep it under the under wraps. <laughs> Which is ironically why he's able to discover about the Jason aspect later on. <laughs> yeah, they need a they need a patsy. Is uh, that the right word? Well, no, no. They they just, a, he's he's looking into it. He's, of right, he's looking into it. And he's like, well, this looks like Jason. He's not looking at Freddy. Because they said at one point, we know who did this. It's like, no, you don't. And so this is where they, again, Lori starts as her first dream where she imagines Freddy. And Freddy's like not trying to kill her. He's just trying to get her to spread the word. The good word. Uh, the good word. <laughs> Uh, uh, this the douchebag frat boy he has a scene with his dad which I like because yeah he's still being a jerk but it, he's like my best friend was killed dad <laughs> yeah I like both the actors here they have a point yeah because you can tell why the kid's a douchebag because <laughs> his dad seems like an asshole <laughs> right and yet you can see the dad's dad's kind of like I gotta deal with this douchebag all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, but the kid's actually still kind of broken up <laughs> right yeah yeah they have the scene where Freddy tries to kill him but it's not strong enough. And you think, oh, well, maybe poor frat boy's going to get away. But no, he, he gets killed by, by Jason. Never had a chance. <laughs> poor guy. You know, he was a jerk, but I don't know if he deserved to die. I'm going on record. Well, somebody's got to die. Let's face it. has got to die. There's going to be a body count in this movie. Yes. Oh, I understand that. I'm just saying. He didn't do enough for me to be like, well, he got what he deserved. I'm immediately jumping to like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> this guy's got to go. That guy's got to go. So you're saying if we get Kill caught, if we get caught in a Freddy versus Jason scenario, you and me, you're going to start hatching people off, like peeling them off to get killed. Well, not you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Other people. <laughs> You and me, man. Oh, good. <laughs> we're in this together. I'm worried now. When the killer car comes for us, we're screwed. <laughs> the killer car. When the killer car comes for you, for you, everybody's screwed. Yeah. They also have the. This is where we. If Jason Reader shows up in the mental institution. Yeah. And we see that the you know the, the stuff the bad and then uh, and you're right like the uh, the news report about the the murder, and the station's call numbers are K K letter K R G R. All right, that's cute. It's at least one reference we got. Yeah. 
Um, but they're trying to keep the kids that have been effectively infected. shut off from the world. Right. They're, they're giving them drugs to keep them from dreaming. But they also don't want them to meet because they don't want to talk. Because they still have the thing about that. They they remember Freddy. Right. So they don't want to keep him from remembering. It's uh, Freddy's legacy from... From what? Five movies? movies Six? Uh, no, there's a... A bunch. There's a bunch. And I like, again, we were talking about like interesting lines. I know it's dumb, but like there's that line I like where uh, they have one character who... I don't even know his name. He doesn't have a line. He's going to play checkers. And, and the, the friend is like... I tell you, I'm not checkers. I'm an Uno guy. Go get the Uno deck and we'll play. And I just love that because it's like, it establishes a relationship between them, but it also it just feels like a very natural line. I like when lines give a character a history without giving them, you know, just natural. Yeah, it feels like they've been there a position. while. You get the impression right away, oh, they've been there a while. There's a bunch of that in this movie. Yeah. Except for the parts where there's not. <laughs> Remember that part where Jason is like, where Jason is like, now say cheese. <laughs> You know, this is off topic, but why not? I really drowned briefly. in Camp Crystal Lake once, <laughs> and it made me very angry. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that, Jason. <laughs> well, you know, there's this uh, uh, R.L. Stein is writing a new Man Thing comic. Man Thing's one of my favorite comic book characters. He's like a SWAT monster. R.L. Stein? Yeah. Wow. And I was really kind of excited because I'm like, well, I really like Man Thing. But the first thing he did, now I don't know if he's got a twist or not coming, but, you know, R.L. Stein, he probably does. But... <laughs> By the way, Goosebumps is a great movie. We should do that one. I don't know if you've seen that one. <laughs> I have, have seen... not. Oh, that's a great movie. There's a favorite line in Goosebumps where he's like, I don't remember writing a book about a praying mantis. And then he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had that happen to me like a, a day later. I was thinking, this is a great idea for a story. And I'm like, yeah, you already wrote that, idiot. <laughs> but um, It's so hard to keep track. <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, the thing I don't like about it is, in the comic, Man-Thing is not an intelligent creature. He's he's an emotional plant monster. And, and he's giving him intelligence. And I'm like, you know, I just don't... To me, what makes a Man-Thing an interesting character is that he's not intelligent. It's weird to write stories with that kind of character, but that's what makes him unique. And and I feel like they could have easily done that with, like, maybe in the dream world, Jason would have started talking or something. But he doesn't do that. They, they keep that. And I think they keep really true to that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um they do not mess with Jason's modus operandi. <laughs> modus operandi. <laughs> Whatever that might be. <laughs> and I mean, is... Freddy does the emoting for Jason in a couple of scenes. Right. Well, and Freddy is, has been much more... I mean, it's funny because he wasn't like that originally, but neither was... It's funny when you, you think about these characters because they, they both evolved. Sure. Freddy in the first couple... In the first Friday the 13th movie... I mean, Friday the 13th, the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie is, is not... Yeah, he's a little bit jokey, but not very much. He's more of a force of nature. Jason in the first it was really number two that he showed up in the first time was tough but not that level of tough that he became and what happened to power creep happened with him <laughs> and power creep happened with freddy's weirdness and so at this stage they're at their full power creep level right freddy feeds on your fear and likes and then likes making weird jokes and and, <laughs> and is he's kind of a he's like a failed comedian he's like a bad joker <laughs> like a joker you know like the joke i always like the joker is like People are like, he's a failed comedian that just can't handle that. He's not funny, so he kills people. <laughs> That's what I always feel like Freddy. Like, if only Freddy had found an outlet like for his stand-up comedy. But, you know, he's not very funny. If only. I mean, he's like, he's more of a prop comic with blood. <laughs> you're saying next time that you're at a, a bad comedian's show. I'm going to encourage him so he doesn't turn into a monster. <laughs> sure. It's going to kill me in my dreams. <laughs> Remember in 1993 when you didn't laugh? No, I don't really remember that. Well, I do. Press <laughs> my birthday suit at the laundromat. It's comedy gold. 
comedy gold. I would have laughed if I'd known you were going to turn a dream monster. <laughs> First of all, I like that when we see the sheriff a little bit and the the dad. I love that you get the impression that yeah, there's these people have made some some decisions that are questionable, but it is kind of like well, this is a really hard thing to control, so it's not easy. And I and I like that the, the movie's not super judgmental about their choices. Yeah, which I that like. Is nice. This is kind of a like when like later on when they escape from the mental institution, the 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 one kid is like, oh shit, I I might what if I screwed everything up by talking about <laughs> Freddie? His response isn't like yeah, his response can usually be like, well that's parent this parent screwed up. He's like, no, I messed up the plan, which is natural to do. Yeah, his response wasn't you know fuck the system. <laughs> right, well because like if you're being chased by Jesse Jason, you tell people about Jason. That's good to know. <laughs> Jason doesn't need you to be afraid of him. He will kill you. <laughs> well, like you were saying earlier, they're trying to kill an idea, right. basically, which is really difficult. So it's it's hard to judge some of the extreme steps that they've taken. Right. Which were working. Uh, because the alternative is, you know, a pile of bodies. <laughs> right. And to be fair, it was really, it was working until the supernatural force idea changed the rules. <laughs> right. It was fine. I mean... Game of chess. They just didn't win. That's right. Uh, so they have the... There's like a lot of busy work here. There's some of this stuff. Um, again, J- Freddie taunting people in their dreams, getting him, getting more excited. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and I, one of the things I also like to mention in this movie is that with very rare exception, are we not aware when we're in the dream world, which is what I, I like. I don't, I don't... This is like you said, this is an inception. Where inception, the whole point is you're not really sure if you're in a dream or not. But this one is like once they're... I mean, even like I like that the characters know... They're in a dream. They still are kind of powerless, but they know it. It's kind of like, well, <laughs> obviously, you know, when my dead brother appears in the bathtub, magically, I'm not in the real world. <laughs> right. They don't need to make these guys useful idiots. No. They're, yeah. <laughs> which is... Um, Tempting. Which you would see in, in bad horror movies. Bad horror right? movies. People don't understand what's going on or, or are purposefully ignorant. Right. Well, it's like we talked about, like, you know, Anaconda's... No, it's like one of the things I like about that movie is nobody's dumb for no reason. Right. As soon as Jason kills the first person, they they cut immediately to everybody running out. Of the house. Right. Like they're not like, oh, calm down, we'll call the police. They all just bolt out. You know? Yeah. Nobody's like, I'm gonna go check this out. Right. And they didn't show you the scene, but I guarantee you, like when she's like, what the fuck do you think? That cop didn't go like, calm down. <laughs> He was like, oh shit, something's going on here. I better be ready. Yeah. Is that the dog's blood? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to make their people um, ignorant because, you know, it's 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 the writing. The, the situation is the complication, writing. not the people. Which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's so easy to write. It's so easy to... either Even if you can do an okay movie, you're still just not engaged if you're like, well, I know. There's this... I can't remember the name of it now. I think it was like Surf Vampires. I mean, we were wrong. What? <laughs> but surf Vampires? Something like that. In that movie, and it's a really low-budget, bad movie. I don't recommend it. And I recommend a lot of things, but I don't recommend that. Because it's not, it's not enjoyable enough either. But um, one of the points, they're like, oh my God, if we got to go to the vampires. We'll go to them tomorrow in the, in the daytime. And like, like the one character's like, well, you guys, I have something I have to do tomorrow. <laughs> and they're like, okay, so we'll go now. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. Usually there's a contrived reason why they have to go during the night. Like, if we don't go tonight, she'll be turned into a vampire forever. But instead, it's more like, well, I could go during the day when it's safer. But man, if I miss my uh, PTA meeting, <laughs> my boss said, if I'm late one more time. <laughs> but nobody get my dry cleaning tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be able to get it till Monday. <laughs> and nobody does that in this movie. 
Nobody says something where they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, I can solve this problem." Ah, uh, no rush. <laughs> right. This is stuff that uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil was playing with. Right. Which was very much on purpose, but yes, there's this like, yes. three's company level of misunderstanding. <laughs> right, and that worked really well in that movie. Because it's intentionally a discussion of that. I think the other one where it's kind of like, it's not, it's kind of boring and dumb. No, Tucker and Dale works really well because that's the whole point of that movie is it's right. just like, that's just why talk you can't to remember each the other thing because it sucked. Right, right. Because it was like, well, that's dumb. It's like a Sharknado trick. Yeah, it's just a, a Sharknado. <laughs> this is, this is why I get a little frustrated is because like this movie, I think it's a good movie. So, you know, I'm not going to apologize for it, but I, I really hate that people equate, it's sort of the same problem we have with, I feel with Killer Clowns, which is, it's a smarter movie than than people would recommend, and so people equate like because I I love, I love lots of bad movies. I love lots of B movies. Sure. And I get really frustrated when someone equates like a good B movie with like Sharknado, which Sharknado is fine, but it's very winking. It's very coy. It's very. It's getting into the scary movie. Where it's just disconnected scenes for the sake of right. A it's single like, callback. Yeah. Something. It's like why is it's like the difference between like Airplane and say a scary movie. Airplane is so well written that even though it's a goofy movie it's a really smart movie right. and whereas like scary, scary movie is just like what well, does it matter we're just going to do a bit here right it's just a series of scenes it's a series of bits that may not have anything to do with each right other. and Sharknado is kind of like oh well there's a series of bits we can do this one yeah. like there's there's certainly writing towards bits of cool stuff but they all kind of tie together I agree I think last time we said if you're writing a comedy the story is important and yes. this time it seems like even if you're writing a horror movie the story is important <laughs> Um, yeah, the story is important. I, I think one of the things that we can say about um, I feel like the emergent property here is that the story is important. <laughs> it is, um, even if it's simple. I mean, like Anacondas is real simple, and yep. Sunshine's real simple too. I mean, Sunshine is we're going to the sun. Here's some complications that arise. Right, it's it's just man versus nature. Right, but it's still a story, and like and there's, and and just like in um, these those movies, a lot of it is like simple personalities having conflicts. Like, I, I think there's a really interesting conflict between the, the adults in this town and the kids because they're all trying to figure out what's going on. The adults have just kind of taken this sort of conspiracy of hiding everything. And the kids are need to be known. They need to know now. They need to ac- accept what's going on. And it's sort of that conflict that comes from it. But it's a natural conflict. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, you can you can sympathize with the adults not right. trusting the kids to have that level of discretion. Right. And, and just the difficulty of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, how do you stop this thing? I mean, cause it's, I mean, yeah, they're trying to protect their town, but it's like, it's a massacre. <laughs> From this supernatural thing. Right. Like, touch or find. Or... Right. It literally <laughs> exists in the dreams. I mean, it's ironic that like in many ways, Jason's a little easier to deal with because <laughs> at least you can find him. Of course, he's really tough, but at least he's there. There's <laughs> this thing that kind of floats in the nether and just pops in your head and kills you. <laughs> I think a good sign for this movie is that I feel some sympathy for the asshole sheriff. <laughs> yes. I, I really feel like... He's, he's actually got a hard, really hard job. Right. And even the, the dad, like, like there's that part where they find the, the kids in the comas because they've had too much of that drug because they wouldn't stop dreaming. And it's like, it's terrifying. It's a it's a terrifying... Char- and, then, and then I know, I mean, it's just a movie, but I'm thinking that, like, it's her dad that helped to do that. And it's just kind of like, well, on the one hand, what a terrifying thing to have to do. What a terrible thing to have to do. On the other hand... What a terrible thing you're facing. <laughs> what a, like, a, like a really, like, this is a dilemma. Right. I and mean, they could have given that guy some PTSD. With it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which they kind of do. That's why he's not talking to his daughter. Right. He's, he's, I mean, he even lost his wife to, uh, 
to Freddy. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. Right. I mean, it's not a movie exploring the no. <laughs> emotional ramifications of Freddy, but they'd throw in those those couple little things that uh, indicate it's out there. Right. That they've had to make some some harsh decisions. Right, and that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. A couple of scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. After going the, to a rave for some after reason. the well, yeah, they go to the rave after you know they 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 kind of screwed up and they let everybody know and all that, but they're going to go to the rave, and this is where a bunch of the characters are getting together in the cornfield, which I like. Well, it makes sense; they're all kind of underage, so they don't want adults nearby. <laughs> right. Um, and they're like, "Oh, we'll be safe together." Which I like, because, like, yeah, that's good logic if you're not being hunted by an immortal monster serial killer. That might actually be good logic for Freddy. <laughs> yeah, because you wake up, someone can wake you up. You get the... Laura, Laurie's there, and I forget John Jason Ritter's character. I just, again, I'm going to say for the record, these are very attractive people. <laughs> and I have to admit, I enjoy that in my movie. Easy, Slugger. I'm just saying. The the one girl goes off, and I like this. She goes off, and she's smoking, and she's drinking. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's a bad sign. And uh, and then you find out, like, there's that moment where she transitioned to dream world because you see the, the shadow in the cornfield, and it's her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. And that line, that callback, <laughs> don't make me ask you twice. <laughs> and she follows in, and then she ends up in, like, the steam room, which is kind of the, the Freddy milieu. <laughs> yeah. I should say that this party has, has given us another ready supply of douchebags. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's like, uh, Lindemann, I didn't think you drank. And he goes, oh, I took up a drinking contest with uh, some fellow <laughs> fellow students. And apparently I was penalized for my ability to read of a fourth grade level. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that's nice about this, I have to give credit to this, is Linderman and Kia, they're just supporting characters. I mean, they're important supporting characters. They're in a lot of this. But I like that they actually have a little bit of a character arc together. She's got she. It's it's simple, but it works. It's like she's rude to him, and he's just like, you know, why are you being so rude to me? Why you know why are you doing? Eventually, this? he cracks and he tells her off. Right, and then and I love that she kind of like realizes she's kind of, and that's kind of like why when they both, especially when he dies at that point, it really is sort of this tragic moment because it's kind of like oh, they kind of developed this friendship, and it yeah. kind of mattered. They're reconciling. Yeah, Freddie's doing his typical thing about like luring her and tricking her and playing with her because i think he's he's you know he's freddy he's right. used to not having competition he enjoys the build-up right <laughs> and then he gets just when he's about to kill her she dies because <laughs> jason kills her it's funny he's not even trying to kill her he's just trailing that douche i love the look on his face he's <laughs> like oh no you didn't <laughs> yeah freddy yes <laughs> like he's really upset <laughs> Yeah, I just love that. I gotta give credit to like, uh, well, Robert England's a good actor. I mean, he's a good actor, but uh, he does a good job on this movie. As as because it's you're right that moment where he's like, he's just like so pissed off because <laughs> it's kind of like you know I've been working really hard for this and this is what you do to me. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's great. And it shows, and again, it highlights the conflict because that's really where the conflict is coming in. It's very natural, right? <laughs> Freddie uh, set this guy off, right, for his own purposes. Um, but he didn't think they'd, they'd be clashing so Well, much. and it sets it up because it's so natural. Because you're right. It's like, even when you're watching the movie, up to that point, you're just like, well, they're not really at opposed, opposing forces. Yeah. And when they do that, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember <laughs> it's, it's like, you see that. You're like, this is going to be trouble. <laughs> right. Up until that point, I think they're happy to go their own way. <laughs> right. And it's funny because, ironically, Jason doesn't care about Freddy. <laughs> Freddy could kill, like, everybody in their dreams and Jason be like, whatever, I don't. I only kill when it's convenient, you know? It's ironic. And so, yeah, there's that. And then there's the cool scene where <laughs> Jason, and I love this part where Jason, like, finds those two douchebags. And he, like, the guy's poking him in the chest. And he breaks that guy's 
head and then he pokes him and he falls over oh it's a great shot and then the other guy like sets Jason on fire and I love that like that's not gonna work <laughs> you just made oh, it worse I love the shot of him like chasing the guy through the, the field and there's a line that's of fire a really cool him. shot cause the guy's like <laughs> and he's just walking slowly on fire yeah <laughs> Oh, it's a great shot, and it's a good it's a good image. I love that image. Yeah. Well, a lot of Jason's uh, comedy and, and emoting is is physical. <laughs> yes, it's weird. You're right. It's kind of you like have the, these moments where um, somebody taunts him or something. Yeah, <laughs> he hits them back with a <laughs> a pointed kind of death scene. It's it's interesting because you're right. It's like it's how do you make Jason have personality compared to Freddy? And that's kind of they could have easily lost that. But you're right. It's like this little thing where he just breaks the guy's neck and pokes him. <laughs> it's like he's not being a joke. It's not a joke. It's just. Jason's like, no. <laughs> and like when you set him on fire, you know, he's just, again, what's he doing? He's just pursuing the guy, but it has such personality because it's like this, like, he's coming. <laughs> and, uh, and then when he comes out in the rave, it just starts killing the hell out of these teenagers. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's like, it's got to be like Christmas for, for Jason because normally at Camp Crystal Lake, there's a couple of cabins, there's a couple of counselors. <laughs> and I just start hacking people the all day. <laughs> It's like a free buffet. <laughs> oh, and he, he goes nuts. I love the poor guy who's like throwing like water at him, like cuffs at him because he's trying to do something. Right. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I would more do. Alcohol, right. Yes. What am I going to do? Set him on fire more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm like, you know, I always like, you know, sometimes when people talk about movies, they're always like, well, that's what I would have done. I would have done this. I'm like, no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> tell you right now, if a flaming Jason broke through that, that door right there, I'd probably just scream and throw my glass at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he closed in and just hacked me to bits. <laughs> Can you run and crap your pants at the same I time? Could, if I would even run. I'm willing to find us. I, I'd, I'd, I'd do that thing. I'm just sitting in the corner. I'm like, well, maybe if I, if he doesn't notice me. Play dead. <laughs> as he mutilates you, I'm just like, well, maybe he'll be finished. <laughs> He's starting to look kind of tired. He's kind of tired. Cool. I didn't like that Scott guy either. <laughs> But I do like there's some even with the some of the scene like the part where some of the kids are trying to fight back, which I like because yeah. they're not they're all different, and uh, and like that one part where that one poor kid like tries to protect the girl and gets his, his ass kicked, and, you know, <laughs> you know, and then like yeah, it's just he's a uh, he's a uh, he's I mean they just all scatter. I mean the kids all scatter, and it's a good it's a good scene. I think it's a strong scene. It's got a lot of personality, and and I just it, it, it it's interesting. Like you said, it managed to give Jason like something to do. It's really hard to do that, especially compared to such a lively monster. Right. Yeah, I think they they portray them both pretty well. It reminds me a little. They could have they could have gone wrong in a couple of different ways. It could have. It's interesting. I, I don't know if they did it on purpose or they just write good scenes, but it is interesting because it could have been really this movie where Freddy was all kind of catching the spotlight and Jason's just kind of on the periphery. Well, I think they needed that part because a Jason movie is a lot of that. Right. <laughs> it's him stalking around, right. slashing people to bits. Right. And but I mean, how do you give him personality without over without changing him? And they do it by giving him that sort of like implacableness. <laughs> I think they're not explicit about it, but I think throughout the movie he's getting fixated on Freddy just because Freddy's trying to stop him so many times. <laughs> I also think there's like I, I I feel like there's a territory dispute, you know, like wolves. <laughs> yeah. It's like if yeah. if Michael Myers like wandered into Camp Crystal Lake, Jason would be like, uh, no, 
<laughs> Aileen shows up. Right, and I, Jason doesn't say anything. You have to infer something. I always wanted to write, like, a, I, I always thought of this idea of, like, a story, and it, I, I don't know if it's someone who's already written it, because it sounds like a good idea. I'm, not, I'm going to share it on here, because anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the <laughs> no, idea no, of, no, like, aliens invade. Nobody's like, listening to this podcast. Aliens, hey, we've got a few people. <laughs> Aliens invade like a crystal summer camp, and they're starting to win, like kill a little, and then Selena, serial killer, and more serial killer starts killing all of the aliens, and they're just, what the hell's going on? And like the one kid's just like, oh, that's it's Jason, <laughs> and the aliens are like, well, I'm gonna settle down with a nice Glocknar, and he's like drinking, they're like, oh, don't do that, J- don't do that, alien. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> so it's a good idea. Because one of the things I've always thought was funny is kind of like the X-Files where you never had like aliens and monsters cross over. Yeah. But they all live in the same world. So wouldn't it be like an episode of the X-Files where like, there's vampires and suddenly like a UFO appears? <laughs> I've always thought that was like... I wrote a short story. Uh, it's probably published somewhere, but I don't know. Um, and in it, it's like uh, these girls are doing like a magic spell and they don't think it works. And this alien comes down and starts like attacking them. And then when they end up killing it, like as, they accidentally kill it as the ritual sacrifice. <laughs> And then they get magical powers. <laughs> and I just love the idea that there's like this unkillable alien, but they manage to kill it. And then they're just like, then they're magical girls with a spaceship. And I just love the idea. <laughs> so I like crossover. I like when things fight other things. <laughs> it's one of my favorite genres. That's why I like comic books so much, because comic books can be like, Ghost Rider fights the Hulk. Okay, sure. Demon motorcycle guy. Fights a radiated rage monster. Sure, why not? I love that. I think I'm starting to come around to it. <laughs> right? It's a, it it's cool because it like and it's partly because I like in this movie the same way. It's kind of like they have different abilities and different styles. Like Jason and Freddy are very similar slasher monsters, but they when they finally meet, it's different styles, and I really like that about it. Uh, to start with stuff like the the Marvel universe, I always thought it seemed a little bit silly, and I, I never read a lot of comics. Right. You know, the Avengers movie was really good. Well, and like um, one of my favorite, like we were talking about we at a Marvel show, I talk about like, like I love Ant-Man and Ant-Man's like not a super powerful hero, but he's got abilities that make him unique. And like in, in, in uh, Civil War, when like they had that big showdown with all the superheroes, where he's just one of my favorite fight scenes is all these different characters, all different abilities interacting in all these cool ways. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's 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 I think that's underrated, and it's really easy to just be kind of like just have the same characters fighting each other in the same way. But personality comes across in action. Like the first live action Transformers movies movie, I actually like. It's got some flaws, um, and, and they became more pronounced as the series went on. But one of the things I love about it is like the Decepticons don't have much of a role in that movie. But when each of them shows up, each of them fights in a different style, and that's really makes it interesting. I want to say that's part of DC's problem is that they have a lot of heroes that are bulletproof and really strong. <laughs> yeah, but even then, you can still do different things with them. I mean, I think in the uh, animated stuff, they, they they had Justice League and stuff. There, there's the characters like uh, like there's one episode where uh, Superman fights uh, Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel is a magical, super strong guy who flies, and they have an interesting fight. Or there's another one where Captain Adam fights Superman, and Captain Adam can make radiation, including like red solar radiation, so he can kind of he's super strong and tough, but he's also can like hurt Superman. You can end up with a lot of cool interaction. The problem is, is that it's really easy to just kind of be like just two really strong guys punching each other. Yeah. But that's not. I don't think that's because of the characters. I think that's lack of the, of the imagination of the creators. Yeah, could be. Because uh, if you haven't watched Just League Unlimited, and I still think it's on Netflix, it's it's the, <laughs> it's the best thing ever the best thing ever what about uh, Scooby-Doo 
That's really good. It's a really great show. Um, but Justice League Unlimited is is like it's funny. I don't read a lot of like I don't read comics very much anymore. But I when I did read comics, I read mostly Marvel. Marvel's animated stuff is always really weak. DC's animated stuff was really strong. It's kind of not as much anymore. But but I loved it. Like I I love. I don't really care for Batman comics, but like Batman the animated series is a great show. Sure. Um, uh, Justice League is a great show. Um, Superman the animated series is a great show. Superman the animated series is a great example of. You know, Superman being a bulletproof, super strong character, and and they had really great stories with really cool characters that he would fight that either were strong or had other powers, but they made them real interesting in the way they dynamic. And I think it's the dynamic that you need. And I do agree, the DC animated, I mean, the DC live action movies, like even Suicide Squad, well, you have Captain Boomerang. Why isn't he throwing boomerangs? That's his job. Why is he up front punching people? Deadshot. Again, he, why is he not shooting people? That's his thing. It's literally his power. I get Harley Quinn. You know, punching people, oh, she should have a mallet, not a baseball bat, because that's at least give her a cartoon thing. But you're still kind of just doing the same thing. Yeah. They were not very differentiated. Right. Whereas, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, despite, like you might say, the characters are different. Uh, Falcon is different than Captain America. Black Widow, Black Widow is very similar to Captain America, and she's still a different character. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the Suicide Squad did have a varied set of people. And they just, <laughs> they did, just made a bad movie. They just did the same thing. <laughs> And I think that's that's the problem. Back to so they decide they know they figure out what's going on. Yeah. And the cop, I love that the cop is like, this is the right. copycat of the Jason Voorhees murders. <laughs> and then when he shows up, he's just like, they're like, he's like the copycat. They're like, no, I saw that dude. He's not a copycat. <laughs> and then he's like, that's impossible. He died like fifty years ago. And he's like, uh, you got to redefine impossible. And then they figure out they need the hypnosil, right. which is a good plan. Sure. Like, at least we don't have to worry about dying in our sleep. <laughs> right. You can always run away from Jason. <laughs> You're going to have to sleep sometime. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and so she has that dream where she she pulls off Freddy's ear. So that it establishes that she can pull, if you catch the right thing, you can pull Freddy out of the dream, stuff out of the dream world, which is established in some of the other movies. So they all go to the sanitary, the, the mental hospital. What would you call it? <laughs> sanitarium. I just feel like sanitarium is like Dracula's lurking outside with like, you know, lurking in the fog. The loony bin. The loony bin. The sensitively named loony bin. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Springwood Institute for Kids Who Can't Sleep Right and want to learn how to do other things right, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the hospital for the sanely challenged. Yes. And I, I like the uh, control room in this place. It's very retro with all the blinking lights yeah. and the big control panels. It seems like they grabbed some Battlestar Galactica computers and slapped yeah. them in the corner. But you know, to be fair, I've never been into a mental institution. I don't know how they work. It's true. For the, the, the patients. <laughs> the blinky lights. <laughs> so they go in, and of course Jason comes in. And this is where we have the part where the stoner kid hangs back. Bad idea, man. Smoke a J. I like this dream sequence, though. Yeah, yeah. I like the 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 caterpillar, the yeah. Alice in Wonderland yeah. caterpillar, Freddy caterpillar. The really cool touch. It's got a lot. Again, it's a lot of personality. Because yeah. one of the things I, I liked about Freddy when it was right is that he would cater the dreams to the person it's playing on their psyche. He he thinks of himself as an artisan. In a way, yeah, yeah. I actually, I think that's actually pretty relevant. I like that. That's what makes him different. Is Jason's just a guy who does it for the pure love of killing. Right. Freddy is a performance artist. These guys are never going to see him eye to eye. This is why Freddy, <laughs> Freddy is the failed comedian again. He could have just killed people, but he's like, I'm going to make gloves with claws on them. <laughs> There's that thing about like a uh, Megamind. What's the difference between a villain and a supervillain? Presentation. 
Because <laughs> there's like that guy's like, I'm a super villain. He's like, no, you're a villain, all right. And he's like, what's the difference? And he's like, it comes out with like a rocking score <laughs> and like a giant, it comes out of a giant head of his own. He's like, presentation. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's why the Joker is not just a serial killer because he takes time to present properly. Yeah. He's a craftsman. He's a craftsman. <laughs> Jason, so, Jason's just a thug. You know what? I just figured it out. Jason's the uh, Superman in this this motto. <laughs> he just is a pure embodiment. And Freddy is the Batman of this because he, he worked hard to make himself this thing. And he's developed this whole persona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this whole psychosis yeah. that goes that's along with it. <laughs> he's got the sweater. Like Jason has the mask, sure, hockey mask. But that's more like that's sort of like the Superman has. It's just a it's just something that's become part of him. Whereas Freddy like has a whole persona he developed, and that's why he was chosen to become the Dream Monster. Oh, that's really interesting. Right. I really like that idea. He puts on a sweater. He's like singing the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the uh, signature weapon, the just like Batman, song. Batarangs. <laughs> he strikes fear in the hearts of people. Superman and, and uh, Jason's this indestructible force that just runs around, in this case, doing bad. But still, it's so bizarre. But it's true. <laughs> same stories over and over again. It's the same ideas. <laughs> so this is where, yeah, he has the caterpillar infect his body. And then it, so basically Freddy takes over his body. He dumps out all the hypnosil, which is a jerky move. Come on. <laughs> Give him a fighting chance. Yeah. And then he gets the sedative. And I love this part where like, Jason comes in and kills the cop. And they're all running from Jason. And they run past the, the hippie, the stoner guy. And he's just like, with, with uh, Freddy's voice, he's like, let me handle this bitch. <laughs> and at this point, I wasn't sure what he was going to do. I kind of, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, what's going on? But then like that, when he's got the sedative, just so much sedative. Because it takes a ton of sedative knocking over this immortal giant yeah he found some horse trinkle right like two giant syringes of this and he just jams him in knocks him out gets cut in half but it's just the body he doesn't matter about that and i like that part where jason kind of staggers and falls over <laughs> and then we're in the dream world which is this is the first round one of freddy versus jason and i just love that like it's the steam room it's like it's the it's the typical boiler room that freddy likes to use as his home base right and we established pretty quick here that Freddy has uh, control of the dream world. Yes. Uh, and Jason doesn't really have a, a good shot to, to kill him. He, he lets Jason, like, cut his arms right. off and grows him back. Well, I think what's interesting is, you know, normally, and this is where I think that there's a little bit of sense of, I don't want to say, like, fear, but normally Freddy plays with his victim a little bit. Right. But And doesn't just, and he does subtle stuff. He doesn't usually do stuff like, like, literally lift a person up. Like, I like in this one, he literally, like, is throwing Jason around the room, like with telekinesis. No subtlety here. I'm just going to kill him. Well, he's trying to scare him. Right. But, well, yeah. Ways. Yeah. Because when it's like, important to him. When he jabs the... I mean, that really is Freddy's power is, is yeah. causing fear. Right. And I like that because it's kind of like, well, that's not going to work. Because <laughs> Jason's not afraid. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's like, you might Are even you think... Gonna kill him? <laughs> well, it's kind of like the Matrix, you know, if you could die in the, die in the Matrix, you die for real. But it's like, no, he's like Neo. He doesn't expect to die. <laughs> Knocks him around. He stabs him with a machete. He drops a giant boiler on him. And I love that he's he's irritated. Because <laughs> he's like, why won't you die? 
He pulls uh, him off and throws him. Oh, it's such a great shot. He throws him into that, and all the water comes. And there's that cool part where he's Freddy almost who almost gets his ass kicked in the dream world, even because <laughs> he's like, "Come on!" And he's even like flinching when Jason's coming up. And I love that Jason's just like just walking right up like he does. He's not thinking I should be subtle here. (laughs) Jason doesn't pause to take in his surroundings. No, he doesn't like, hmm, I should strategize. No, it's just, I'm just going to go chop that guy until he dies. And he's not thinking, I tried to cut his arms. They grew back. Well, I mean, whatever. I'll figure it out. (laughs) And I love that he's going to do it. And then the water, the water gives him pause. And that's where he's like, the one thing he's afraid of is the water in the dream world. Right. So, uh... Freddy moves in with Gusto. <laughs> yes, and I like that, like all the water falling down. It's got you now. <laughs> and I, again, this is the one case where you get some emoting because like where Jason starts shaking and he yeah. drops the machete and then there's little boy Jason curled up in a ball <laughs> and Freddy's slowly trying to, slowly draining him and killing him. And then we cut to the van. And in the van, I love that, like you see the kids with Jason and they're like, I cannot believe you talked us into this plan. <laughs> I love they they acknowledge it's a terrible plan. It's a terrible plan. <laughs> like she's like best case, but she, but I mean it is their best option. Like she's yeah. like best case scenario, Freddy loses in the dream world, and then Jason wakes up. He's home. He's not gonna come after us. Home field advantage, right? And if we win, and if they somehow if this doesn't work, and we get if we had to save and we get Freddy in this world, at least Jason will be at home. <laughs> Oh, so they're they're just burning through um, sedative, yeah, trying to keep Jason asleep. And their plan is to have what's her name, Lori. They're gonna tranquilize her yes. so that she starts sleeping for a period of time, right? <laughs> and then she's gonna try to grab Freddy and drag him out to the real right. world, right? <laughs> Which it's a desperate plan. It's a desperate, stupid plan. Oh yeah, but they have no reason to think this is gonna work. But this is desperate, stupid circumstances. So it's not a stupid plan. It's a desperate plan. <laughs> they inject her and she goes to sleep. <laughs> I just love that image of like that giant Jason next to that that little lady, <laughs> and they're both asleep. And I just I'm picturing those kids like the other kids sitting there and just like, well, shit, this is. Hopefully she doesn't get killed in that dream. We don't know what's going on. I mean, that's the one thing I've always felt. It's like with these sort of slasher monsters, it's just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it seems very appropriate. Right. And I love that, like, actually what's kind of cool is she come by her coming in the dream, she kind of ends up delaying it enough that she sort of saves Jason. Right. And I love that. It like she's in the dream. Out. And because I like, well, because it's, it's also. Of course. <laughs> it's also, but it's also gives him. One of the things I like about this movie is the character's actions have purpose. They advance and infect the story. Yeah. You know, you said you're like, it's not different than a slasher. Like some sort of slasher movies, it's just, they don't really have a purpose. They're just there to die. These kids are part of the story. These characters are part of the story. And their actions affect the story. It's Yeah, and it's really important that they make sense in right. some kind of context. Right. Right, because nothing, nothing takes you out of uh, suspended disbelief. Like, that nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> non sequitur actions. Well, and you know, and even sometimes when it works, even when it's true, it's like, I still want characters to behave at least a little bit rationally. Yes. Because otherwise, I mean, they don't have to be perfectly rational. I don't have a problem with, I, I mean, perfectly rational characters would be really boring. <laughs> right, but you're building these characters a certain way. Right. Right, you're, you're building their personalities through yeah. the, the whole first part of the movie. And if they do something that's just completely counter to... Yes. To how they've been built up, then it doesn't... Yes, it would be very the weird. The rejects it. Yeah. It'd be very weird. It's like uh, some people talk about like Prometheus, where it's like the first time the guy sees an alien thing, he's like, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> and then the second time, he's like, I'm going to touch that completely. 
like, it's not that hard. Just don't touch it or do. <laughs> yeah, I keep coming back to uh, Fen from the yeah Star Wars 7. yeah you you mentioned that. I can't get over it. He right. Just, I mean, he starts out the movie with some kind of PTSD, and then by the end, he's like, "Well, I've got a lightsaber. I can chop a fool." <laughs> not even by the end. As soon as he leaves the Empire, yeah, he's perfectly happy shooting yes. people in the face. <laughs> Whereas this one, and I, I give credit to this one, like, um, all these characters, I feel like, behave, I mean, they're, they're simple characters, but they, they behave well. And, of course, they should behave, interest, they should be braver than us, because otherwise it's a really boring movie. They should be smarter than us, <laughs> or else it's a boring movie. Yeah. Again, Slasher comes in and skills, kills you, Scott. I'm just going to go running, screaming in the night. <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm going to kill you in your dreams, Alex. I don't know what to do. I'm screwed. That's not going to be exciting. That's a really boring story. Sure, it's important that they fight back. Somehow. Yes, and I like that. So she, so like that. Jason's drowning. And I like that he's drowning, and water's coming out of his mouth. Yeah, and then the kids are sitting there going, "Should we give him mouth to mouth?" And this is this is where I think writing and acting pay off so well because I love all these actors, and they're all kind of sitting there and like, and, he, and he's like, "Well, I can't do it because I've got asthma." And I love Jason Ritter just shouts the line, "Yeah, he's got asthma." <laughs> And it should be stupid, but it really works for me because it's like his desperation feels authentic. <laughs> and then she's about to do it. And then Jason wakes up. And the other Linderman just starts shooting his gun into the van because out of control. And Jason goes in the woods, which is a blessing for the moment. Right. It's a really good sequence. Right. And then so they're dragging her and they're like, oh, we're here. Camp Crystal. <laughs> So they're dragging you in, and I love that. Like you say, you see the backstory where Jason like killed her mom, and I mean Freddy's killed her mom, and he's doing all that kinds of cruel stuff to her. He's messing with her. He's just being a jerk. And I think number one is here's here's his weakness. Jason just kills you. Freddy (laughs) keeps trying to play with his food. Right. I think it's important somehow to his well, yeah. Well, he's an artist. To be fair, you know, it's like Superman doesn't like like Superman just dispenses justice. I'm like, well, I'm gonna stop this guy. He's not gonna be like, but Batman has to do cool stuff. I've always argued that, because otherwise people would be like, "That's just a guy." Right, he's got to repel in from the ceiling. Right, he's got to do like thing where like he he throws like three batarangs and disarms three guys, <laughs> and he can't do this. I've always said this: Batman can't do this. Where it's like, "Wow, did you see that? That was amazing, guys!" Because then they'd be like, "Wait a minute, you're just a guy." He's throwing his voice. <laughs> he's just he's no. I'm just he can't be impressed with himself. <laughs> He kept, you know, like, I've always felt like Green Arrow, like, Green Arrow can't make a shot that, like, nobody can make and be like, wow, I didn't think I'd make that. Because then they'd be like, you're just a guy, get off the team. Batman's like, you know, I just beat up an alien and saved the Earth, whatever, no big deal. It's all about performance, if you're going to be. So, uh, yeah, and I love this part where they're in the wood, the cabin, and they look out and they see Jason, like, stalking forward. This is the moment where they are so screwed. Well, going back for a minute, I yeah. think part of part of the whole Freddy thing is that he needs. We, we talked about the idea earlier, but yeah. he needs it to spread because otherwise he, he just kind of disappears. Well, and I think he feeds off it too, so I think that's an interesting idea. Um, like I actually think there's something to be said for that. Like you might even argue he he has trouble killing these people because he's not quite. He's got to stoke the fears. He hasn't been fed enough. I believe, like you know, we're going to talk about the fake mythos of Freddy. After he's been fed enough, he doesn't need the fear from you because he's got it from so many sources. But he's still weakened in this. Right. Yeah, they t- he talks earlier on about yeah. not being powerful enough. Right. So that's why I think he plays with this food because you're right. He's trying. That's part of the... Because the, otherwise, I mean, it's a dream. He could just yeah. kill you. Right. That'd be pretty boring if he came into your dream and just... <laughs> <laughs> 
catch throat. <laughs> you just have a heart Moved attack. On. You have a heart attack in your dream. That's he's phoning it in. Where's Where's Freddy? I'm up here. Hold on. <laughs> I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't have the heart anymore. <laughs> You're just like, really? That's how I go out. Oh. Freddy's clever lines seem to consist of just mostly the word bitch. <laughs> Or bad bad wordplay, where it's just like, you know, <laughs> have a heart. Are you going to pull out a heart? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Do you want to break into TV? Are you going to throw me through a TV? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your Freddy impression. That's my Freddy impression. <laughs> Flawless, I know. Oh, I'm not going to say anything about that. Um. <laughs> it feels a little bit like my Fat Albert impersonation, too. It's very complicated. <laughs> You ever watch uh, Rick and Morty? Yeah. They have that episode on there where they're doing Freddy. Oh, are they? I haven't seen that one. Scary Terry. Oh, I haven't seen that one. (laughs) Yes. Part of that episode is that he says some of the worst lines. (laughs) Like, see you in your dreams, bitch. (laughs) But That's the difference, you know. You really capture the essence of Freddy. (laughs) I will say Freddy is rude. That's the main difference. That's why I'm rooting for Jason. Jason's a more polite monster. He doesn't. He kills you. He doesn't make you feel small. <laughs> Jason really wants to invite you to be part of the process. That's right. It's a collaboration. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk towards you slowly. You do what you need I'm, to do. I'm, I'm picturing like uh, Freddy is like every bad performance artist. <laughs> You're stuck watching. I, uh, I need a theme. Uh, the moon. I heard boiler room. <laughs> <laughs> I need a weapon. Bowling ball. I heard finger gloves. (laughs) Now a kind of hat with a broom. (laughs) I love this image of Freddy doing improv. Badly. Walking into a pretend store. I'd uh, like to buy some oranges, bitch. <laughs> I just pictured it like, like if it was like, you've got the whole dreamscape to work with and all you keep doing is the finger glove, <laughs> the knife fingers. It works. Whatever, man. How, <laughs> how many people have you killed in dilapidated factories? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the entire astral plane is yours to explore. But stick with what works. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go home. Fine, you do that. Think about what you've done. Shaving. You're you not just, so great. You just... <laughs> like on your high horse yeah well you know what I'll, I'll meet you next time i'm in a boiler room bitch oh hey, that hurts oh what am i doing <laughs> this is what everything is the fan there's that cool part where jason punches into the cabin yeah they're trying to wake up Lori. <laughs> he comes in through the wall and he's trying to just kill him and again this is where they're working because Freddy they might have jason they might have time i mean Freddy might have time but jason's just gonna kill him and they're fighting him off like throwing stuff at him and hitting all of them like Kelly rolling Kia just starts smacking him with whatever she has like you're trying but it's not going to do anything her death was kind of unsatisfying yeah well, especially because I was like oh, they could have three survive I'm cool with that she's a cool character and yeah Portland Newman gets killed basically slowly because he got that Pierce thing it's like because this is not up to code anymore <laughs> and then she you think he died from the tetanus <laughs> <laughs> no I think he died from the blood I know, it's just weird to say. It's not up to code. There's probably some kind of rule against having giant spikes sticking out of your walls. Sure. Probably. But again, 
you know, Jason's throwing people around like yeah. sacks of grain. That's true. <laughs> it wasn't really I'm just saying, to if I'm going to design... I'm going to tie my Camp Crystal Lake with only soft cabins. No spikes coming out of the walls. <laughs> and then Jason shows up and he's throwing you. And like, wee, wee, again, Jason, again. <laughs> and he gets really frustrated after a while. Jason is at the bounce house. <laughs> All the windows are made out of that Hollywood glass that breaks really easily. That's candy. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's made, it's a type of sugar glass. Oh, okay. So it, it's like if you twit licked it, it's sweet. But it, that's why they, whenever they throw somebody in the movie through glass, that's what they're throwing it because it shatters safely. So I'm just picturing you like, wee, wee, <laughs> come on down the Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> this is another one of those trips they did in Tuckerndale where the board like comes down from the roof oh, yeah, with yeah. a <laughs> really long nail on it. <laughs> <laughs> so then she she her arm catches fire. It gets in the fire. That's the pain that wakes her up. Yeah. So she pulls. Freddy out into the dream in the real world. I like this bit because she takes her her burned hand yes. and grabs Freddy with it. Yeah, instantly you're like, oh, that's his weakness. Yeah, it's right. It really <laughs> it fits. And then when she wakes up, and I love this is one of my favorite shots of this movie, where he's like, Argh! and then he realizes something's wrong, <laughs> and like he has that look on his face, like, oh shit, <laughs> and he stands up, and like Jason's just there, and immediately just starts. Hacking him and beating him the crap. I love the first part of this fight scene where uh, Freddy's being really acrobatic. <laughs> a bat, he's doing the Batman he's doing stuff. Flying knees. He's doing the Batman stuff. <laughs> and Superman's just like, I'm okay. <laughs> Jason doesn't care. <laughs> he, he loves that part where he grabs him and drags him through the wall, through the windows, <laughs> throws him out of the cabin just because he's just, and then the cabin falls on Jason. This is our break. Intermission. <laughs> right. And this is where poor Linderman dies. Bleeds death. Yeah, I think this is where um, Destiny's Child Right. Kia, yeah, well, because Freddy's about to get uh, the two other kids. She shows up. She taunts him. Then she gets killed by Jason. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, by yeah, by Jason. And this is round two of the Jason fight. And I think this is really good. I really like... Again, it's it's like the athletic stuff, but I like that it's 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 that thing we talked about where Freddy's sort of the he's out of his element because he's in the real world, but he's still like a conniving thinking creature, and Jason is just this. And he's found this in, like dilapidated construction site right. that's close enough to his uh, <laughs> wasteland factory dreamscape. Let's let's, let's uh, <laughs> that he starts. Uh, let's have a fight a in a special effects factory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I love the part where he starts shooting those propane tanks at Freddy. And I, I mean, Jason, I love that Jason just is like, <laughs> like, I love it. It's like, he doesn't, he doesn't dodge. That's so Jason. Yeah, it's so Jason. And then he gets knocked into that pit. And <laughs> Freddy drops all those rebar on him. Right. This is good because it looks like Freddy's starting to yeah. get the upper hand. Right. It's, it's a good fight because it's up and down. Yeah. Because otherwise you're kind of boring if it's just one or the other, but it's up and <laughs> right. down. And then I love the part where... He like that big cement thing or whatever that mixture and it's like smashed and it's hidden. And then he's gonna do that cart. It reminds me of like astronauts forgetting, forgetting about gravity. <laughs> Freddy forgets he's in the real world. It doesn't work the way he wants. So he's gonna push the cart and he gets stuck. <laughs> and then he gets he gets hit. And he falls off and he's hanging upside down on the cement thing. <laughs> and then Jason pulls him off and starts beating the hell out of him. 
Right, this whole time Jason's just been trying to get a hold of Freddy. Right. Well, and he's even just like pulling out those spikes out and pulling them off, and there's all the blood coming, and then it's just like grabs him. And then the cart comes and knocks them both into the under the pier. Lori and uh, Jason Ritter start the fire. They did start the fire. Oh. That's a topical reference. <laughs> 23 Skidoo, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hip. <laughs> okay. I am fleek, as the kids might say now. I think we might be post fleek. <laughs> I think we are probably. Um, and it may only apply to eyebrows. I'm not sure. I. <laughs> you know, my my day, we didn't even have cool words for eyebrows. I don't even know what to do anymore, man. Square. The world I grew up with is gone. So, again, they're just beating the crap out of each other on the pier. At first, it's again, it's Jason has the upper hand. Freddy cuts off Jason's fingers, and he drops the machete. And I love the look. Like, Jason kind of looks at his, his hand. Going, hmm, I wonder what happened. And then Freddy starts using the machete. I love he starts. He's, he's lost his, his, even his artistic integrity. <laughs> right. He starts beating the... Out of him. They're at the end of the pier, and it's just all salty has got at this stage. They're just like Jason punches a hole through Freddy. Freddy's stabbing him with the machete in slow motion, blood everywhere. Jason's ripped his arm off. Oh my god! <laughs> Laura, Lori just blows it all to hell. <laughs> and that's a cool shot. I like that special effect. I don't know. I don't know how they did. I mean, I guess it's just but were they Probably just actors? Actors. <laughs> the part. The two. The two actors. I guess those oh. were two actors. They set on fire and blew. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. I, that's a crazy job. Put them on those pulley ropes or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerked them off the pier. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a crazy job. <laughs> it is. We're going to set you on fire. I can do that. We're going to do pulley ropes. I can do that. We're going to do both at the same time. Sure, I can do that. Right. There's there's a job category for people who will just do shit that they would have done for free. That's right. <laughs> after asking someone to hold their beer. Really? Really? I don't know if I would have done that for free. Well, fair enough. There's, uh, there's a job category for people who just want to get hurt. <laughs> oh, okay. Thrill seekers. Sure. <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen a Kentucky Fried movie? Oh, it was a long time One ago. One of the bits was thrill seekers about a special kind of cat who takes who looks for danger. And a guy walks in the middle of a bunch of like black guys and he shouts out the N-word. <laughs> and then he starts running away and they're all chasing him. Man, you were just full of topical references. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky Fried movie, it's classic. Big Jim Slade. Oh, when did I get so old? It sneaks up on it you. It sneaks up on you. Uh, am I wrong? Am I not cool anymore? No, the children are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lori and, and Jason Ritter are like hugging and like, oh, we've done it, we survived. And then there's then the slow reveal. Thump. Thump. Which I like because it makes you think maybe Jason. Yeah. The ostensible good guy of the film. That's right. But sort instead, of. it's sort of, they're still going to be dead if it's Jason. <laughs> right. But then it's Freddy. And that's how you can tell he's so beat up that he's literally thump, thump, thumping. <laughs> and he's about to kill them. And Jason gets one last good hit in with <laughs> Freddy's own arm and glove. Laura, like the empire, the, the other the third empire in that metaphor wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, welcome to my world, bitch. And she chops his head off. <laughs> and he falls in the water. Jason slowly floats down. That's the end of the movie. 
except for the part where we see Jason walking with, waking up in the lake with the, carrying Freddy's head. Fine, I like that. The original ending for this movie, which I do not like, and I'm glad I got cut, was basically an extra scene where Lori and uh, her boyfriend are about to make love, and then for some reason he turns into, into Freddy, and it doesn't make any sense, and it's dumb. And that's, that's one an of the ending. <laughs> it's one of the things I hate about horror movies in general, is there's always this thing about, like, end on a scare, but it's usually, like, really unsatisfying and stupid. Like, doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't do that in this because it, it would have made the whole movie kind of stupid. It would have ruined it would have ruined it for me in a lot of ways. With this one, they've succeeded and it's done. And uh, there you go. That's the movie, which I love. The more I talk about it. Now I will refer to it as <laughs> as Batman v Superman Bloody Edition. <laughs> the good one. The good one. Um, yeah, I definitely I enjoyed it. <laughs> there's something ironic about that when you think about it. That like you're right. Like this Freddy vs Jason, which is you know it's a silly kind of concept. The characters making more sense than like because Batman and Superman are iconic and they have such strong personalities, such interesting things you can do with them. There's already been versions that they've done great versions of them with. <laughs> And you still can't do it? I think you're right that the difference is that somebody gave a shit about the story here. That's true. Um, it seems and like about Zach, the characters. Zach Efron doesn't like Superman. No, Zach Efron. Uh, Snyder. Yeah. Well, you know, it is that question because um, one of the things I think is difficult is, is I think you can be too slavishly devoted to something. But this is definitely a case of people enjoying the original source material and not, yeah, they want to bring their own elements to it, but still wanting to write something that is related to it. Whereas you're right, like Batman v Superman and, and, and Zack Snyder's films uh, with the other ones, it's true. And the Man of Steel has that same problem. He's not necessarily interested in these characters. He's interested in his version of those characters. And the problem is you certainly bring your own interpretation. Comic book writers have been doing that forever. You still should have some kind of understanding of why these characters work and why they have long-lasting att- attributes. And I'm not sure he does. Versus like the Freddy and Jason, it plays on those things that have kind of become iconic with them. Right. The things that they mess with are not kind of the foundation of, of Freddy and Jason. Right. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's like the thing with Batman and Superman is you can do a lot of different... There's tons of room for interpretation of those characters, but you've got to understand the foundation of how they work. Right. And maybe you can mess with the foundation, but it really feels like Zack Schneider just doesn't like the he, foundation. He doesn't like superheroes, to be fair. I mean, even in interviews, he's not interested in stuff like that. He... he, he it's that thing about the prestige, and he wants to and he wants to tell these stories. I don't think he's telling stories he want to tell, but the basic foundation of superhero stories are not interesting to him. And sometimes that's interesting. Sometimes you get a creative artist who comes up with something really new, but a lot of times you end up with somebody who just kind of doesn't understand the material. And it happens a lot. I mean, um, superheroes struggle with that in particular, but like every genre struggles with that. Like like you said, like when you talk about this one, like you said, it's, it's specifically what it's trying to be. It knew what it was trying to be. That's not a weakness. The writers weren't trying to reinvent it. They were just trying to tell a good version of it. Right. That's Sky Captain's great. Yes. Because the director loves pulp. Right. He loves pulp stories. It, and it's so clear from the movie. Right. And that's, uh, that's a tribute. Cloudy, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a great movie because it's so... it's it, Even at the heart of it, yeah, it's, it does a lot of subversions. But it really is also a weird disaster movie with lots of weird disaster movie tropes built in. Kung Fu Panda, I love Kung Fu Panda, and even though it's such a surreal movie in, in like the Kung Fu, it, it feels like even one of my the stories on Kung Fu Panda is like when it was released in China, Chinese studios, like and the government even got together and said, like, why can't we not make a movie that's as Chinese as this one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like it's it's so 
no matter like like and that's like one of the things with Kung Fu Panda is the previews always look kind of goofy, but when you watch the movie, it's like it's very much about Zen and Kung Fu and all those elements. Right, they play with some of the tropes, but um, the foundation. They don't the, disrespect the, the material. Still, yeah, they don't. They don't dislike the material. It's, it's a it's, solid it's a, Kung Fu story. <laughs> right, and it's the same way. It's like one of the things that I will say: the Marvel movies they're not perfect. But one of the things I say about the Marvel movies that I don't think they get enough credit for is they like superheroes. Yeah. I think that's good. If you're right. going to make a superhero movie. There's a bunch of signs of it. And I mean, like not messing with the costumes as well. Right. And even like doing stuff where Doctor Strange is doing weird magic <laughs> or like Guardians, like having literally Guardians of the Galaxy and go like, yeah, we're going to have a talking raccoon <laughs> and a tree monster and it's going to be awesome. Right. They have the, they have the same characters in the original form. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so next uh, this is Scott's pick I, I don't know I mean it's pretty brave of you Scott I've heard so much I about love this movie. movie I find it delightfully charming I've heard so much about this movie that I feel like we have to watch it I will I will watch it and I will love it There, there's some things that are lots of things that are dated about this movie but I just find it delightfully charming Olivia Newton-John Gene Kelly Xanadu Xanadu oh it's so beautiful <laughs> It's it's all about a muse sent to help create a roller disco. <laughs> I know almost nothing about this movie aside I, from there being a song associated with it's, it. It's very much exactly what you would expect like from like a late like an early 80s roller disco romance. But it's sincere and it's got really nice dance sequences and Gene Gene Kelly like this is his later years probably like his last movies I think. And he's just so happy to be dancing. And even at that age, he's still such a great dancer. It's so much fun. I'm excited. I love, I love this movie. And even if you don't love this movie, you're wrong. <laughs> so until then, <laughs> he's Scott. He's Lee. And we just saved another movie. Later, bitch. <laughs>